The time for defense organizations to harness the power of the cloud is now. Discover how you can leverage MillCloud 2.0 and DOS to advance your mission at Part 3 of GDIT Emerge 2021. Tune in virtually on June 23rd to explore how cloud enables mission partners to modernize IT platforms and integrate new technologies anytime, anywhere. Hear from top leaders in government and industry to discover how DOD enterprise clouds such as MillCloud 2.0 and DOS can drive speed of acquisition, collaboration, and choice. Register today at GDIT.com Emerge. With like getting into it with you and your like war almost like basically LARPing sessions. Yeah, Star Wars stuff. Yeah. William was, was my hit, was my hidden Sith apprentice. Yeah. We ended the game. You were cheating on me as a regular apprentice. You you were my Jedi you apprentice. Me. And then remember, I became evil. Yeah, I did. And I like, was like, wow, what a jerk. And then I was like, I have an apprentice, and I never told anybody who it was. It was William. Inconceivable. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Inconceivable. Today I am joined by Wesley, Alex, and William, and we're going to talk about Star Wars. Hey. This hey. is Gordon, by the way, who's speaking. I am your host. <laughs> did you not introduce yourself? I did not introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> Here's everyone else, and then this is the voice in your head. That is your conscience. The disembodied voice you hear is Gordon. <laughs> to be fair, we're all disembodied voices at this point. Ooh, well, unless they're watching the video. That's true. Which you should. You should, because uh, we are very interested in that. <laughs> you can find the videos for this podcast and all the things we produce on our YouTube channel, Geek Kind. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, we've been wanting to do this episode for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, you know, been wanting to, to pick Wesley's brain and, uh, and you know, reminisce about uh, our, like, what Star Wars kind of means to us. And that's actually going to be uh, the first, first question. Um, I have two here. What does Star Wars mean personally and culturally, and what were your first encounters with the franchise? Mm. Um, so, like those two, I feel kind of go together. Mm. Uh, if you guys want to just jump into that, we can get started. Yeah. So, what does Star Wars mean culturally and personally? Mm-hmm. I think culturally, it's probably like like the defining sci-fi. I mean, it probably battles for that spot with Star Trek, but I think like mm-hmm. kind of like with how Lord of the Rings shaped fantasy. Like from then on, I think yeah. Star Wars has really shaped what sci, what like it, what it means to make a sci-fi universe from from the point of its conception onward. Um, personally, for me, Star Wars was like my first fandom. Mm-hmm. If, if I mean, if you don't count Superman, but <laughs> Star Wars, Star Wars is well, a I little... consider like fandom like being a part of the community. Okay, it's yeah, it's not just liking something; it's actually like engaging with it. Because you didn't yeah. have a bunch of friends who all played no, Superman you, together. <laughs> Everybody else hates oh. Superman. Y'all, y'all. Um, we heathens. Yes, exactly. No, so yeah, Star Wars is probably my probably my first fandom. Um, so I, I guess it has that kind of meaning to me. And like like Alex and I were talking about earlier, just countless hours and days spent on Wikipedia after school, just. Wikipedia? Read a Wikipedia. Just to Wikipedia. clarify, Wikipedia. 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 <laughs> the Star Wikipedia. Wars wiki. I don't think I've said it out loud very many times yeah. in my life. So I just say yeah. it in my head like Wikipedia. It's a great website, by the way. Yeah, you can me. I I had like my own page, like for my like for my like made up character. Like you just like you insert yourself. I don't know if we'll get into this later, but that's one thing. That's one thing I think was lost in like Disney continuing mm-hmm. is like. It was easier for you to like insert yourself into the like mm. huge extended universe. Yeah, there's a, a, a place for everybody. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Everyone's got their own character. Yeah, it's a little more exclusive now. 
Uh, what about you, Alex? Um, I'd say that I definitely have to agree with Wesley is that um, it it did shift like the way we perceive sci-fi, and also it was very uh, uh, it was it it, it, it was uh, impactful to a lot of people who like when they first saw Star Wars, they're like, oh my goodness, this is so incredible, and I want this to sort of be kind of like the future. Like I want to go out into space and do all these things, and or just uh, make technology that is kind of like what's in Star Wars, you know, like um, like robotics or stuff like that. And that's really been one of those things that encouraged them uh, and excited them to pursue careers and stuff like that. So I feel like Star Wars hasn't only been like a um, like a like a movie franchise that was oh that's really cool, but it also helped pave the way for new inventions and making things better and better. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and personally, I think it was my second fandom. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is my first fandom. <laughs> your first uh, I remember my first fandom. Uh, yeah. You never forget your first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, second fandom, but I was just absolutely enthralled by all of it. I mean, I think I was introduced to it by, I think it was either, I think it was Wesley, because we used to be neighbors at the time. So I think it was, it was either Wesley or Colby. I think yeah. It might have been Colby, because we watched the movie all together, at least the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I was like so, I was so excited by it and I loved buying all of the Legos and the action figures and the lightsabers. I would take my lightsabers to the park and just be like, all right kids, anyone want to fight? <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. fight you. Just looking for some young ones to destroy. I mean, I was, young, <laughs> oh, gosh. I was just like a seven year old kid walking up to you and be like, want to fight? Come on. <laughs> I yeah. can I so just totally what, picture like a seven year old you just wandering around in the calm. It's just like, come at me, bro. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> can I make a personal jab real quick? Want to fight? And then they look in your pocket and there's this like, little baby monkey there. It's, it's like, what is, what is this kid? <laughs> no, it's true. I did carry my, 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 uh, my baby monkey stuffed animal all the time. Uh, um, it's your pedal. But yeah, that was also what. <laughs> That was also what got me uh, and Wesley to become friends, I think, sort of, because we kind of, we uh, uh, connected over Star Wars, because he was a much bigger Star Wars fan. He already had a bunch of the toys, and we were neighbors, so I just come over to, like, every morning and be like, hey, mm. can we play? At, like, Please. 7 in the morning. I wasn't <laughs> I was like, awake most of the time. I was like, I'm ready, guys, let's go, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Will? And role-playing. <laughs> For me to first to preface anything that I say here, I'm res- re- representing the Star Wars fan that hasn't seen or read any of the expanded universe uh, stuff. I know, I'm such a human. You're really missing out, William. I, I, oh, I know. I just have a hard time getting myself to read things. There's yeah. not a knock against expanding universe stuff. Uh, I, I think that it's freaking fantastic. I just never had the time to devote myself to that. Sure. Um, so I'm read more Wikipedia. the... Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> <It's easier. laughs> I was on the Wikipedia ever, though, because yeah. I did enjoy that stuff. And I never quite got into... Like, I was kind of on the tail end with, like, getting into it with you and your, like, war almost, like, basically LARPing sessions. Yeah. Like Star Wars mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. William was, was, my, was my hidden Sith apprentice. Yeah. We ended the game before he was revealed. You were cheating on me into a regular You were my Jedi you apprentice. Me. And then, remember, I became evil. Yeah, I did. And and I like, was like, wow, what a jerk. And then I was like, I have an apprentice, and I never told anybody who it was. It was William. But then we all stopped playing before, like... <laughs> Before you could bring him in. Yeah, exactly. You know what was funny? Our Jedi trials consisted of us running to the stop sign in the mobile home park and then running back and then you're like, all right, you're done. I used to like torture Alex. Yeah, I used to like, you gotta do this and this and this. And I'm like, why? Oh, man. But you also wrote wrote booklets, like cartoons of the stories after. Yeah, I probably still have them. I think Uh, I have one. I wrote wrote my share of fan fiction. Oh, man. 
fan fiction. Got a lot. I know I wrote mine too. Yeah, they were stick wars. I used to draw them in school. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I think I so also good. included everyone else's characters in it. You might have. Yeah, you were yeah. a Wookiee for the longest time. I was a Wookiee for the longest nice. time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Uh, I think that was probably a young Jedi Knight's influence on that. Yeah, I was. Like, I was well, uh, I'm pretty tall. You know? <laughs> yeah, I can, okay. I can hack that. I was the same alien as a yeah. Greedo. I'm trying to remember. Um, you were you a were Rodian? Yeah, yeah, Rodian. I was a Rodian. Yeah. yeah. I say uh, was, but like I never really get to do anything. It's so weird I thinking of a Sith Rodian, you know? Yeah, no, I thought because I, I thought it was unique, it was cool. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I could definitely yeah. see how that would appeal to young William. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I was it's so like Jar Jar's a Sith. <laughs> but yeah, so I never like uh, even though I wanted to, I just never ended up finding my place there. Um, I would consider my first true fandom to be um, Doctor Who, which kind of came after yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars w- had very much the the fundamentals for me to get invested in that. It just never ended up getting there for whatever reason yeah. um, but I still love Star Wars um, I did watch a good portion of the Clone Wars when that came out I was really mm. into that um, and I'm a huge fan and definitely like as big as a fan as I can be with only watching the movies and shows yeah. you know like I, I have gone up to that extent and if I had more time I'd take that fandom further but I'm kind of at like the high level of casual yeah. <laughs> so it's very hard to get into new fandoms now and like just go for yeah. all of it basically yeah. and I feel like it almost benefits you at this point in the game because of the way that things have changed yeah um, you're we're about to die right you're into not that not, much, <laughs> not having any sort of baggage uh so for myself personally, um, again, Lord of the Rings was kind of my first, uh, yeah. like the first real thing that I was uh, like super passionate about. Um, but I remember it really brought on the fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> Sigh. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> this is why I'm a Sith. Because <laughs> you're right. makes puns. <laughs> Um, but I remember my first encounter with Star Wars was um, actually the Lego sets. And I remember mm. looking through like a Lego magazine and finding, uh, probably at that point, it was the, the Attack of the Clones sets mm. and looking at them and being like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing those too and thinking, that's the weirdest thing I've seen in my life. <laughs> Star Wars and I saw Legos. Yoda, I'm like, what's that? What's that? It's a frog. Star Wars, yeah. yeah, Star Wars and Legos has had a great relationship over oh, the yeah. years. And mm-hmm. I feel like when you think of franchises involved with Legos, Star Wars is like the first one that comes to mind. Well, also because of the Lego video games. Yeah, and I think I think Legos were were mostly Star Wars for me Like yeah. <laughs> when I thought of Legos. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. you can create everything. I mean, mm-hmm. you made dropships for stormtroopers and stuff like that. Yeah. I made uh, freighters, basically. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, let's see, where was I going with that? Um, so for, for me, I think Star Wars is, it's not just a sci-fi series. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, a fantasy series set in a sci-fi universe. Yeah. Right. Um, and I feel like it's really important, uh, like culturally and like it speaks to a lot of people because, uh, of George Lucas's, um, idea of it being kind of the, the new, like in the same way that Tolkien wanted new myths, yeah, uh, to to c- kind of create, uh, George Lucas wanted like the hero's journey to be represented in a sci-fi series, right? Um, what was what was existing in sci-fi before that? Um, Star Trek and Doctor Who. 
I feel like yeah, yeah I feel like they true. predated and it. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Uh, and, and Star Wars is kind of heavily influenced by Flash Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. uh, I sure. remember when they were first pitching Star Wars, one of the words that they constantly used was soap opera. Yeah. Which is kind of laughable. Or space or opera. Space yeah. Opera. yeah. yeah. It's kind of laughable looking back at now. It's yeah. like that's that's what they were pitching it as. Like mm-hmm. I, I kind of get it, but at the same time, you would never today associate oh, Star Wars. Oh, with let's face it. There's a lot <laughs> of drama well, in I mean, there. Star Wars still is a space opera. Yeah, like that's well. But I, yeah, but we don't use that terminology. I was say, like, come yeah. uh, to think about it, like again, I was just thinking, it's like, oh, but we don't really use that to, yeah. you know, to because what, what we associate that with now today is those really like obscure like dramas that yeah. you see on TV that well, like very select devote people watch. <laughs> when you watch a Star Wars movie, you notice how it has so much more weight and drama to it than a normal movie does. Yeah, you notice that that's because it's a space opera. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like grand spectacle. Um, and like re- like emotional intensity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think John Williams were part of that too. I was just oh, thinking sure. like yeah. oh. sounds in the distance. Yep. Um, so my next question is, uh, what do you guys think of the trajectory of the franchise over the years? Because you start off with uh, George Lucas having like his his own kind of vision of things, but ha- being beholden to 20th Century Fox. Uh, and making like his three movies and gaining more and more influence over the projects as it went along, uh, and then you have, you know, the prequel era where, uh, or you have in between that and the prequel era where people like really kind of take this on and start making their own products that carry on the legacy more mm. or less, um, and then you have prequel era where George Lucas can do whatever he wants, and you know, for better or for worse, he may, he continues his vision. Yeah, uh, and then. In 2012, I think, Disney buys Star Wars, and they, you know, blank slate uh, any of the expanded universe uh, content that came out mm-hmm. before. Uh, and in 2015, we got A Force Awakens. I think that's a good place to start, was when Disney buys Star Wars. Um, I'll actually go first, only because I know okay. that I'm going to have the most positive <laughs> view of this, and it's going to be true. I want to kind of set the stage, though, sure. with, I think... That I actually have a pretty positive take um, okay. because I, I think I do better with change to stuff like this than most people do. Um, I enjoy I enjoy the movies. I I think I think that Disney had to do what it did mm-hmm. to make movies because I I think the expanded universe was too big yeah, to exp- have expanded too much. Exactly, it was too big for there to be room for any new movies to yeah. take place. Mm-hmm. It would sense. be either so far into the future people wouldn't be able to connect them. Um, right. The, they, the original cast was too old to be rehashing any of the storylines that had been, uh, yep. you know, put down uh, before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we weren't about to or, recast those people. Right. Exactly. I mean, or well, if they were going to make new content, the expanded universe had already covered thousands of years after Episode Six at this Has point. Really? Yeah, uh, Cade Skywalker okay. was that thousands way of years? out there. Was, just hundreds. Uh, was it hundreds? So maybe it's just hundreds. Darth That's Krayt still a long that, time. He was an old Jedi from the old Republic. So. Yeah. yeah. So kind of jumping off that, what I'd like to compare this to and why I think that people shouldn't be as upset, uh, because I think that the, because for me at least, the expanding universe didn't really change much with that move, mm. because we never saw any of that stuff really affecting the movies. The most effectiveness that we saw it uh, change was in the Clone Wars. That's mm-hmm. the most we saw Expanded Universe come into play. And even then, it wasn't always faithful to Expanded Universe. Sure. So I don't think that really anything has changed in how Disney looks at Expanded Universe. They're still pulling inspiration from it as we speak. Um, but they're just like, hey, there's no way we can like honestly live up 
to what this expanding universe and we just have to simply let it be its own thing and in its way almost denouncing it from being canon is the most respectful thing they do because it keeps it as exactly as it is can I interject there for a second sure um I, th- I, yeah, I think you're definitely right, um, but I think for most fans, it wouldn't be so much that it changed anything from the movies or affected the movies, because I think as the expanded universe grew, the movies fell out of the set of like the spotlight for what Star Wars was. Mm. It wasn't the movies anymore that defined what Star Wars was. Star Wars just was this thing gotcha. with like parameters. So, and and the authors tried to keep things within the bounds, like. Um, you can see them like referencing everyone else's work in the in the yeah. universe. Oh yeah, and like um, I think to a large extent they did the same thing with the movies, where um, even like as new movies were coming out, they were still they were going back and like, all right, so this changes things. So now we have to take this new information that is canon and bring it into the fold and like fold it in uh, and work it into the, yeah. the stories as well as as well as. Uh, you know everyone else's ideas and like the things that they'd published and mm-hmm. sort of like there was a a really great like care and attention it seemed like between the authors themselves of like making sure everything mm-hmm. fit coherently mm-hmm. and it's really that, I feel like that's one of the the coolest things about the expanded universe is that even as big as it was everything for works. the most part it is fairly coherent yeah. uh, and like everything kind of works together uh, well, well, also, it was really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Also, they did also have uh, uh, book series compilations where they had different writers for for the different books. So yeah. they had to keep each other in the loop so that they could have it as a coherent story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, I, I don't know how much uh, the people who are working on the movies now are looking at the new expanded uh, universe with the new books and stuff. Mm-hmm. I hope that they're taking that into consideration, but it doesn't seem like they're as much on the same page. But also, they're making the movies. Well, not I think I think Disney is actually making sure everything's. Yeah, they they have like a, I think they they have some term for it. I think it's called like the the holocron team or something like yeah. that, like the keeper of the keeper of lore. They, they or keep everything straight. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so they have like a team of people making sure that everything fits into the narrative, um, which. Well, um, but, but even then, I mean, there's there's one, for example, um, in uh, ha- uh, Solo Star Story, mm-hmm. um, they bring in Darth Maul, and yeah. they're, they're, uh, Sam Witwer, who voices Darth Maul, is like, oh, this is going to be so great, what lightsaber are you guys going to use for him? And they're like, oh, we're just going to use the one from episode one. And he literally had to tell him, like, no, that one was cut in half, he has a new one now. And they're like, oh, oh okay. So it's like... It, it's kind of weird thinking that the actors are the ones who have to remind them, but I guess mm-hmm. it makes sense. But also, you said that there's a holocron, like there's a team. group of people, yeah. there's a team that yeah. should be on top of that. Right. I think I think it's more for like major storylines, like who, what characters are where and what they've done, and like who okay. they've interacted with, mm-hmm. um, and less about like to us, there's significant details, um, but to them, it's like, oh well, it's not going to be that important if the lightsaber's wrong because yeah. Like it's not really relevant to the overall and picture. You can, that's easy to cover up because yeah. he can still have a double-bladed red lightsaber. Yeah, you can. Yeah, um, you just need to make sure the hilt didn't look the same. If it did, whatever, you can just say, "Well, he recreated the hilt." Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly just not a big the deal. same. Yeah. While exactly. we're talking about this, this, is a good question for you, Wesley. What makes the Star Wars expanding universe different? to say like Marvel and DC Comics and how those are treated from comics to movies. Well, like, they always reboot Marvel uh, 
comics. Well, yeah, yeah. No, what I'm saying like there's some distinct differences. Like, what's what difference between what's the difference between the the Star Wars expanded universe and the Marvel cinematic universe? Is so, uh, so from books to movies, what's the difference in how the Star Wars expanded universe is treated compared to how the comics are treated to the movies? If okay. that makes any sense. So the way the way the relationship between the Marvel movies and the comics is just that. Um, the mo- the movies are an entity all their own. They're like they're um, the movies actually function like the comics would um, because the in, in like superhero comics like DC and Marvel um, you may relaunch the brand every couple of years and so the characters are still basically the same the same but the story might be a little different or maybe mm. a character appears differently things like that. The movies are just like another one of those things where everybody's recognizable. They're all true to their characters but the stories aren't happening exactly the same way yeah. just like in an echoed version of what of the way they would um so actually the movies are really cool that way where like it really works for comics to be adapted to movies because then they they're they don't have to be a carbon copy of those comics because there's so many different stories already they couldn't mm-hmm. be like um but with star wars it was the movies were an equal part of the Star Wars universe as the books were. Like, they were all contributing to one universe mm. instead of them all being their own thing. Because they were offshoots of the movies rather than uh, yeah. the books being yeah. adaptations, or mm-hmm. the movies being adaptations of the yeah. books. So actually, they're very different. Mm. Hmm. I think that's pretty unique, because I don't mm. think that there is... Because we see lots of comic and book adaptation movies, but I don't mm-hmm. think we see something quite like the expanded universe of Star Wars yeah, especially since it came after the movies, which is a very rare trait. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so. you still have that with like they do have expanded universes for Star Trek or Avatar or stuff like that. But I don't think oh sure, but I can't think of a universe that is as large as Star Wars yeah. was. There, I think there's there's definitely I'm not sure what it is, but there's definitely something about Star Wars that really like connects with people, mm-hmm. um, like on a personal level. Well, it's just a wide variety of things that could be Star Wars. You know, you could have smugglers or you could have Jedi or Sith, you can have uh, crime bosses, stuff like that. Like I was reading a, <laughs> uh, I was reading um, a Star Wars book that was just called um, Scoundrels, mm-hmm. and it's about Han Solo doing a heist thing with a bunch of other guys, and they're they're yeah. not you know Jedi or Force mm-hmm. sensitive or stuff like that. They're going against uh, uh, Black Sun basically. So yeah, it's crime syndicates. It's, it's different stuff like that. I think it's interesting that uh, one thing that uh, I noticed about Solo recently that I hadn't considered before uh, I thought it was kind of strange that they they basically had a black sun substitute but they yeah. called it Crimson Dawn instead <laughs> so, um, so I'm not really uh, that, that, it, it seems strange to me why to, not just use black sun is right, exactly. also like, black sc- sun is much more intimidating too because right? they've already established mm-hmm. that in the Clone Wars too mm-hmm. yeah. they, they have them mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's a curiosity yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way because it, it's so weird that they I get that maybe they're trying to make something new or something different or just say, hey, there's more than one crime syndicate out there. Mm-hmm. But if like there's people you don't want to mess with, it'd usually be that particular one, not like the, the new one that we just find out about. Like we want to know the background between from how bad these people are mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like, oh, you'd be terrified of the things we've done. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you told me anything I, I like that. what they were. Anyone can say that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Here's uh, another question. Who do you think Star Wars belongs to? Who has ownership over the series? And if it's uh, the people who own the license, 
do they owe anything to the fans? That's a good question. I would originally say that it belongs to the fans, like everyone who loves Star Wars and contributes to it, that it's it's a part of them now. Like, I don't think it's just George Lucas's story anymore. It's grown beyond that. Mm -hmm. um, but with uh, with them renewing it, yes, there's a fandom. Yes, people really enjoy the new stuff. But I don't feel like it's really for the fans anymore. It's, it's Disney's thing now. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel like our Star Wars in a way. Like, it just, it's... I don't know how to explain it exactly because I do like the new Star Wars, the new Disney stuff. Like, it just a lot feels of, different. Yeah, it's very different, but also it doesn't feel like I don't feel like I can personally contribute to that Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of sort of like two different Star Warses for me. So I think I think I get what you're saying. Like before before Disney acquired Star Wars, you could like literally like insert yourself into the universe like you yeah, could like you were saying you weren't just a part of the fandom you were a part of star wars yeah, because the universe was so big it wouldn't matter if you put one character into like mm -hmm. that no one else had you're to just flushing out the universe exactly the universe was so big you didn't need anybody else to recognize that you were there you know what i mean but now now it's smaller and yeah yeah so is, is that like i think that's kind of what well, you're i also think george lucas was okay with people t having their own takes on a lot of the characters and mm -hmm. stuff like um, well I, well i, I think, think he, he licensed like he was he did the licensing thing but he also didn't really like he didn't take their thing into account okay yeah that's fair uh so like he wasn't a big fan of marriage aid uh, because he said that Luke would never get married and like he wouldn't have kids because he was a Jedi and he had all these things. Huh. Um, so he didn't really take the expanded universe into account, and he was kind of at times annoyed. But he took um, some of it into account, like Coruscant. He, he added that after it was described in a book. Okay, no, that he wrote though, or he, that yeah, no. that he was a part of. Was he? I, I yeah, I don't think Coruscant. I think Coruscant is his thing. The way I've heard about him, the way he's talked about it in interviews after the fact of making episode one and well, two. Well, Coruscant was described before episode one in books, though. Yeah, but I think ones that he was involved with. I'm might, not might, sure. Was it in the in the Thrawn trilogy? I thought was it was. It? Um, it is. I don't know that that was... I don't think that's where he got it from. But I, I, there's... there's Cor Coruscant's definitely in the, the, th yeah. the Thrawn trilogy. Yeah, but there's also the... I forget the name of the, uh, of the book, but it's like a comic book where... Uh, it's uh, Luke Skywalker actually turns to the dark side because of uh, Emperor Palpatine clones, mm -hmm. but they're on Coruscant that. during that time. Do I you remember that? I don't remember that. I, were they on Coruscant at the time? I'm pretty sure it was Coruscant. I don't remember that much, but I remember the clone concept. <laughs> mm. I would argue that for kind of like a new thing that's been coming up in like these Disney produced Star Wars films, that it definitely belongs to the fans solely for the fact that you have people in the business whether it be in production or in acting, um, that are getting involved with Star Wars purely because they're love for it and they're being incorporated in it. And you have people wanting to be a part of that adventure and Disney embracing that. You know, you see uh, like huge actors and actresses being put as like background characters who never see their face. Mm -hmm. these, these people don't do that normally. They simply just want to say that they've been a part of Star Wars in that way, and Disney, like Simon Pegg. Although, although I do think that was part of the reason why Kylo Ren eventually ditched the helmet. Yeah, <laughs> you want to like, I, think that, I think that had something to do with it. That I, they I, wanted well, the actor's face to be seen. I think uh, that was a, a Ryan Johnson thing. I, I think he just didn't like the helmet. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I think it's coming well, back in this movie, though. Well, basically, what I'm saying is that it's a it's a 
in a scenario where these actors and actresses like live off of being recognized and stuff like that this is the one exception where they say like I don't care about that mm -hmm. I just want to be a part of it even yeah. if they're a stormtrooper who doesn't even get credited in the credits like yeah. oh yeah Tom Hardy Daniel Craig do yeah. 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 Well, no Daniel Craig was in the credits I think he was in the Force Awakens but Tom Hardy was in a deleted scene for The Last Jedi oh, and I, they cut him I out think, I think you were, did you mean actually in the credits or just like Oh well, some of them like they, they just want to be a part of Star Wars. Some of them have credit, some of them haven't, because yeah, because like, sometimes they do that with extras. But yeah, Daniel Craig credit. was the stormtrooper that um that, that Ray like convinces to let her go in the first yeah. in a, yeah, in a New Hope. And so you see stuff like that where it's oh. purely for the love of it, and I think that you have one the people wanting to do that, and two Disney embracing that because Disney could be like, no, that's we're not gonna like go out of our way to involve you in that. You're just mm -hmm. gonna grab an extra for that because that's kind of stupid. Mm -hmm. No, Disney's like. Yes, cool. Come on, yeah. let's do it. Let's have fun with that, you know, because um, that's like the extra effort going to it. And I think that that's Disney acknowledging the fact that this is for the people who love um, Star Wars, and that mm -hmm. they're going the extra mile to, um, even if it doesn't seem like Disney is, because they're a big corporation. I think that they I, are legitimately trying to show that they're doing this for the fans. I, I kind of disagree. I don't think it's uh, like that high up. I don't think it's Disney. Uh, I don't even think it's really Lucasfilm. I think it's, uh, like, even lower than that. Like, um, you know, casting directors and the directors of the movies themselves saying, I know people who are passionate about Star Wars. I really, like, I want to give them an opportunity to be involved, and it doesn't go above that. Mm. Like, they, need, they, that. Need, they yeah. need permission mm -hmm. uh, from the higher-ups, but they don't necessarily... Uh, they don't... Like, it's not coming from up above. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying... The Disney gods have bestowed yeah. on us permission for Daniel Craig to be in the movie. <laughs> or, or uh, I think in in a, a case of, like, the, the primary actors, I think, yes, they want bigger name actors for a lot of the roles. Gwendolyn Christie, I think, is a, a huge it's example a of Underutilized. Uh, horribly underutilized, yeah. oh, but I, she I, is there for the... Yeah. Be honest, I thought... I think we actually had too high expectations for the character. If you... To be honest, no, going, that's Disney's if, fault. If no, you read, Disney's back, fault. Though, read the book about her, okay. that is fantastic. Okay, so and then you watch the movie and you're just like... Whoa. If you just watch the movies, though, like... Because I, I tried to... After The Last Jedi came out, I tried to, like, reassess if I was just letting myself down. Mm -hmm. And I, th I feel like that was the case. Um, I would like, disagree because I was hyped about it personally solely because Disney was pitching this character specifically to be a big deal, both in trailers and promotional content. Mm -hmm. She was very prolific in promotional content, especially as I as Force Awakens was coming out. I was working for Walmart at the mm -hmm. time, and Walmart loves like working with Disney and Star Wars related things because yeah. it sells well. Well, and do you think Boba Fett was underutilized? They didn't know what Boba was until was saying, he was taken. I think I think he was mm -hmm. in in a way, but he also like he didn't get to fight until Return of the Jedi. Really, yeah. Like he had some bit from in Empire Strikes Back, but like you didn't you didn't see him in action. But I feel like he accomplished more in like the two movies that he was in, and like he had his reputation, like. Oh, like yeah, his reputation I mean, preceded him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so like people already knew like this guy is terrifying. Like you don't really have to show it, but uh, okay. Captain Phasma, I feel like didn't do anything. Not and anything a regular, only... yeah, like not anything a regular stormtrooper couldn't do. I mean, if you look at 
what uh, Boba Fett did. He tracked down Han Solo to Cloud City. Mm -hmm. He got him frozen in carbonite with Darth Vader helping him, obviously. Like Darth Vader respects Boba Fett. Yeah, and yeah. when Darth Vader respects both like someone like that, then you know that this guy's serious business. He delivered Han Solo and Carbonite to Jabba, Jabba the Hutt, actually finishing his job. And mm -hmm. then just you see him in the background of Jabba's like um, palace in episode six. Like you know you don't want to mess around here because Boba's right behind you. Do we still think that Snoke was underutilized though? Or is that more reasonable no, after because the I see? compare Snoke very similar to the Emperor. You know, because that, no. I'm, that, that's what I'm saying is like in retrospect, I think I think maybe it's truer for Snoke than than it is for Captain Phasma, where we just expected Snoke to be something that he wasn't. But then looking back, you're like, okay, well, yeah, he did he did do he did like serve a purpose. And the Emperor had the same exact like trajectory basically. until the prequel prequels came out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, but we, also that was on the third film though. So like they talked about the Emperor. And that's in fair, but, but we're coming four. with a different storyline. I think that this is. Um, you're looking at a very like clearly you knew from the very beginning this is a story about Kylo and Rey yeah. and I think that taking him out of the picture is important. I think what you guys have said though is, is a good point. I would like I would have liked Snoke's reputation to precede him more than he's just like on this like because when you introduce a character like that I That's think true, you expect that they'll be around long enough to make a name for themselves. Yeah, I think the a large part of uh, the buildup for Force Awakens uh, had to do with promoting certain characters and like both in the film and outside of the film uh, and and kind of building them up uh, in a certain way and I don't know that The Last Jedi fulfilled on the promise of The Force Awakens in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like Captain Phasma was given short shrift. Uh, I imagine she'll be back uh, in, episode, in episode 9. Well, I can't. She fell straight into a skate pod. No. But, but but the thing is, she was in a garbage compactor when the planet, like, yeah, like as the planet was, you know, in the process of blowing up. So one would assume that if she arrived back in the Last Jedi, pretty, almost immediately afterwards, um, they're pro like th I don't know. It just seems like she went off on well, a really like a. Down she's been on a tangent. She's had a rough couple of weeks, but you know, it'd be great is. As if she was in the trash compactor, but then it blew out of where the where the de like the it was, it was like like Indiana Jones. I was just gonna say like the refrigerator. Yeah, and the and the nuke. Oh, geez, that would be amazing. Uh, it just shoots right into his face and like, oh, that's spasm. Like, I almost wish Rian Johnson, Ryan Johnson, was didn't, didn't direct the Last Jedi. I wish it just had been JJ the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Well, not to go off too much on a tangent, uh -huh. but like. What, what uh, they recently announced that he's still getting his trilogy. What was your initial thoughts on? Oh, that? that's cool. I, oh, he's still it's, getting it. It's, it's yep. not about Ryan Johnson personally. It's the disconnect between directors. Okay, it's like so it would have made more sense if each one was a different director. But now that they're back to JJ, it's, it's like he's disjointed. Like you were saying, he's gonna try to like. Now you're basically alienating Ryan. Kind of, and like there's things that Ryan Abrams JJ. appreciates about the way he did things that he's going to reproduce in his own movie. So, yeah. Um, personally, I I'm considering not seeing Ryan Johnson's trilogy, mostly because I found aspects of the Last Jedi to be really off-putting. Um, and we've we've had the conversation about the Last Jedi, and I uh, I think the biggest thing that uh, bothers me about it, aside from it aside from it being uh, I perceive it to be written not particularly well. Um, 
I don't think the the writing's particularly strong, especially the dialogue. Uh, so that doesn't you know fill me with confidence that the the new trilogy is going to be good. If it starts off and people are like, it's amazing, everyone needs to go see it. It's you know it's even better than the last mm-hmm. Jedi, and because it's like you know fully formed and focused and like everything works, uh, you know obviously that's uh, I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel the the thing that bothered me the most is um, I got the feeling watching the movie that Ryan Johnson doesn't particularly like Star Wars and he doesn't hmm. like Star Wars fans hmm. and it's kind of like the, the position where like I know what you want and you don't know what you're talking about right and and kind of a you know like he keeps talking about playing with expectations mm-hmm and like I can see him doing that, but the thing is, if you can see it working, then it's not being done well enough, mm. right? So like if you can see the setup, and then it just like goes completely in opposite way, like if it's a really obvious setup and you just like take a complete left turn, it's kind of a like oh you were kind of stupid for expecting it to go this way, but like. Even if it's like a fairly standard setup and it and it goes in a direction you don't expect, like there's a way to do that that is gratifying, um, but doesn't make you feel like an ass. Yeah. You know, um, and I feel like that's that's kind of the impression that I get from from the Last Jedi in a lot of ways. Um, I, mean, I, think it, I think that's fair. It does feel like that's, you that's, can't that's, take a critique. Yeah, that's movie. that's a mm, yeah. Yes, there, there's a yeah. There's an argument to be made. That's a rabbit hole we don't. I will definitely down. say that I do like JJ as, as a director mm-hmm. of in general and of Star Wars more than Ryan. I don't hate Ryan, I, but I mean like it's kind of hard. Like JJ is like I think one of the top ten directors in film out there right now. Yeah, he's doing absolutely outstanding work. Um, he's had a very good track record in mm-hmm. these past decade. Um, and is definitely becoming one of the most defining directors of this generation. Very, you know? very prolific. Absolutely. And he's dealt with big, like he did Star Trek, you mm-hmm. know, he did them justice. And he's dealt with a lot of like risky projects. And for the most part, he's delivered on every single one. And he's did also he? a huge Star Wars fan. So yeah. That. Like, I mean, he did Star Trek and he wasn't even a big Star Trek fan. Yeah. So then he does something that he really does love. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going full throttle with this one. I'm going to do everything and I And at first, he was very apprehensive. Yeah, the, he that's really he, didn't want to Well, that's it. the thing is that he was he didn't know if he could do it justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he felt like he didn't I think he said like later on that if anyone was going to do it, he wanted it to be him because mm-hmm. he didn't want anyone else to like Yeah, it's kind of like a weird disconnect. It. So, well, if and then you see me, what Ryan Johnson does and you're just like it's not the same. You know, it doesn't he I don't know if he was apprehensive mm-hmm. like can I do this justice? It's such a big and like important thing especially to Star Wars fans. Yeah. So um so I think we can move on. Yeah. Uh, I think we've covered that section. Um, why do you think, and we've kind of covered this a little <laughs> bit, why do you think the Star Wars fandom is divided, and how big do you think the split is? Hmm. I think the split's gotten... I think people have had time to cool down at this point. Okay. Um, I think it is a relief to a lot of Star Wars fans who were discouraged by the newer, some of the newer stuff that JJ's back, JJ's back mm-hmm. and that they're also bringing back Clone Wars for a final season mm-hmm. um, and that there's a new TV show that's going to be coming out that they can... The Mandalorian's one? The Mandalorian, yeah. yeah they can be... Um, uh, Is that on Disney Plus? Is that where that's going to yeah, be? Yeah, okay. um, they can be... 
cautiously optimistic, I think, with that one. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are still very hurt, and they're all just pointing fingers at Disney and saying, everything you do is wrong, mm -hmm. because you, you ruined The Last Jedi, you ruined Han Solo. And I kind of was with that group for a little while. I'm just like, how dare you, Disney? How dare you? But it, I also feel like Star Wars is coming back to the fans in a way that I didn't feel like with The Last Jedi and with Solo, because recently they've been coming out with um, like fan films and stuff like that, which isn't canon, mm -hmm. obviously. But I, I think that also gives hope to a lot of Star Wars fans who felt like they were disappointed with a lot of the stuff that is canon. Um, there's, a, there's an Obi-Wan fan film coming out it with is coming Costa. Out. And Yeah, and he also did a Han Solo fan Smoke film, which yeah. was very, very good, by the way. Like, he looked exactly like Han Solo, basically. Mm -hmm. And a guy who can pull off looking like Han Solo and also being able to play Obi-Wan, that's a pre it's pretty good yeah. double, uh, double thing there. So I think Star Wars is... I, th I think it's getting back on the right track, I think. I definitely think The Last Jedi did more to divide the fan base than the Disney acquisition. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it changed everything for the, the old characters. Mm -hmm. I think that Star Wars as a fandom is rightfully divided, but I think Star Wars as a franchise has never been better because Star Wars is, I mean, like... Yeah, we appreciate the breaks that we get, but let's not forget that this is the kind of stuff we were craving for, for, like, more um, content and, like, fully-fledged, not just more TV shows. Like, mm -hmm. let's have new movies and build more canons and stuff like that. And things like uh, bending the expanding universe, like, that's, that's what goes with that. I don't think there's not many people who wouldn't have done that, honestly, who look at this from a, like a realistic perspective. I don't think mm. there's any way that to not do that, honestly. Yeah. No, um, and I think that last The Last Jedi, believe it or not, did a lot more good than bad because for one, me personally, I thought it was a great movie. Mm -hmm. I still really like The Last Jedi. And I, uh, uh, I think that even though I had some inconsistencies, I think that one of the best things that The Last Jedi did was have that consistent tone of message throughout the movie and like like all the s separate storylines minus the one that no one likes mm -hmm. had a very similar theme yeah. to it and kind of it's something that's kind of been missing from the OG Star Wars even okay. from the prequels that I felt like was missing like the OG like trilogy had that theme always running out through the entire movie and I think that this was the first movie where I really saw that recapture for the first time and I think that's very undervalued but I think that I like that this movie is controversial. I don't like how people are taking it, mm -hmm. but I like that not everybody likes it because we. I think we've boosted Star Wars to an un unattainable goal, and I think it's only been a matter of time before people are finally like unhappy with something, and I think that that's just a normal course for any fandom, you yeah. know? And I think that now that people have had something to disagree with, I think that is going to do two things. One, it's going to make Disney extra careful about how they proceed with the show, so that's only going to, that's only going to do more good than harm. Mm -hmm. I think that they did pull a little bit back too much with like taking out the extra projects, but you know what? If that causes them to focus on the quality of the main franchise more, all well and good. I just want to affirm what you're saying real quick, um, because I think you're right. 
um, it's different. It, like it, Star Wars is different now, but it it feels like it feels alive again. Right. You know what I mean? Like we were all just kind of like scurrying around in the dark, like with our with like the books and stuff and mm-hmm. like our fan fiction stuff. And now Star Wars is like real again. You know what I mean? Like it's because look like at it's this alive. way. It's a thing that's living. Compared to like Pixar, right? For a while, Pixar had an untouchable record mm-hmm. where every single movie they made was groundbreaking. Yeah. It was the best thing. It was a must-see movie, shattered records, and just what every single time was a masterpiece. And at some point, it have to fall, you know? But with those falls, we've seen even exponentially better content because of that. And because of those falls, people have been more realistic of how they view Pixar as a company and realize it can't be perfect forever. Yeah. I think Star Wars is the same way. You know, like Star Wars can't be perfect forever. They had an unbelievable track record. And when it comes down to it, we survived the the prequels. And I think the prequels did a much bigger disservice to Star Wars as a fandom than these new movies have. It's interesting now, though, that the prequels have kind of... Rebounded. Like, yeah, they've kind Mostly of... Yeah, because yeah they've though. aged really well yeah. as far as perception-wise. I was about to say, like, yeah. CG-wise, I don't know no, about that. Like, but. As, far as, <laughs> as far as people appreciating them, they've aged very well. I think I think they've they've gone from being, like... Uh, derided because of how they weren't like the original trilogy yeah. and then to being appreciated for uh, their camp. Yep. Um, kind of a, a cult. Again, I've, right? I've always... The, the memes. I've always praised Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. That's I fair. think he's. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, there yeah. are some really solid performances uh, yeah. in the prequel trilogy. I think in large part uh, it isn't... Uh, like the strength of the prequel trilogy is in its cast... Mm-hmm. Not particular. Like again, uh, I don't think the the dialogue is particularly strong in the trilogy. Uh, which, <laughs> which, no. but but the thing is, um, I think that speaks to like a single person having like direct, like from the from the person who's writing it and directing it, translating it directly to the movie. I don't think is a, a good idea. I think you should have one person writing it. A different person directing it, mm-hmm. and then, um, and definitely having like, not not like super intense producer input, but someone to to come along and be like, and not be like, I don't think the audience is going to understand this. We need to make it dumber, which is a lot of what it seems like producers do. Uh, but have someone be like, this is too like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. You need to tighten it up. Mm-hmm. Like do a little thing here, a little thing here, and bring it like in bring little. it into. <laughs> you need some yeah. kind of like a Kevin Feige for Star Wars. Mm. Maybe a little more. Yeah, I think some. Some okay. So someone brought up that um, it would be nice if Star Wars had a Kevin Feige. Okay. Um, just someone to to have like an overall picture for what it should look like, and yeah. someone someone was uh, suggesting. Actually, I'm gonna shout out another podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna shout out another podcast, uh, Colin's Last Stand. He has like a bunch of different podcasts, and he and his brother uh, are also like they're like OG Star Wars fans. They're like in their 30s or 40s, um, and they were talking about it, and they were saying uh, Timothy Zahn would make a great like Godfather to the the Star Wars My franchise. Heart. Yes, um, what has he done? Uh, he wrote the the Thrawn. Oh, books, okay, cool. Okay, um, and wrote a bunch of other books as well. Um, but I feel like. Out of all of the writers that have contributed to the Star Wars expanded universe in the past, uh, I feel like he, 
like he has contributed the most mm-hmm. and, and really like understands what Star Wars means. Yeah, he's yeah. the iconic uh, uh, like book author for Star Wars right. Star Wars books. Like people look back to his stuff and I think that's also where a lot of it originated because he had uh, the birth of Jason and Jaina Solo mm-hmm. in the Star Wars uh, the uh, Thrawn trilogy, which then proceeded with like dozens and dozens of other books afterwards. And right. people always go back to that because that also came out before the, the prequel trilogy. So they're like, all right, what's next for Star Wars? Look at the, the books from this era. Oh, mm-hmm. Timothy Zahn, these books. I'm, this is a weird time to make it, but I'm just making this connection. Do you think that the, because now it's canon that Luke did never get married okay. and did never have kids. Do, right. you, do you think that the Disney movies now actually reflect more of what George Lucas wanted than the expanded universe oh. ended up having? To a certain extent, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I feel like George Lucas has addressed uh, the Luke of the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. um, and I don't remember exactly what he said about okay. it. <laughs> but in that regard, at least, I do think yeah. that that's and accurate. You, you still have a solo kid that turned evil. Yeah, I've said it, I've said it in the past. Oh. Um, Kylo Ren really isn't that different from Jason Solo. Mm-hmm. Maybe just, a, a little bit, but he just doesn't have any siblings. Exactly. And yeah. Han Solo and Princess Leia never got married. Mm-hmm. So uh, or did they? I thought they were did married, they? and then I think they were together. Unclear about it. Yeah. yeah. Something I want to uh, add, uh, kind of going back just a little bit to your point about like George having like almost too much control over mm-hmm. like too many aspects of the movie. And, I think and if you if you look at the behind the scenes of the prequel trilogy, it's him saying, "I want this, 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 and this," and people just going, "Hmm." But nobody feeling comfortable saying anything because he's completely financing it's the George whole thing, Lucas. yeah. And nobody feels like they can tell him. No. And up till that point, he had done no wrong. So it's like, who's to tell him? So that, the, eh, I don't the, know. The, the thing is, uh, George Lucas isn't particular. Like he's not a specific director. No, like in regards to Star Wars. And Star Wars, Wars wasn't always just his. Who is the other guy? Uh, Oh, the, like a or there was the another director. like they were they so so Lawrence Kasdan wrote um, I think the Empire Strikes Back uh, and Erwin um, Kirshner I think directed it mm-hmm. and George Lucas actually wasn't thrilled with the Empire Strikes Back he didn't like the direction that it went which is kind of ironic because it's almost everybody's favorite Star Wars yeah. movie um, so he actually took the reins back for Return of the Jedi I think he hired somebody he hired a director. Uh, and maybe a writer, I'm not really sure, to do Last Jedi that they were less experienced. And this is something that's, uh, I think, translating to uh, both the Marvel movies and uh, the Star Wars movies that Disney does now. Someone who's less experienced and who has less weight to throw around in terms of the creative process, um, he hired someone that he could kind of like push around up a little bit to do the work, and then he just kind of you know continues on with his vision. Mm-hmm. So I do think that having too much say... Uh, in in the the creative process is not necessarily like you want to have like a clear and concise vision. Yeah. Well, um, but you also need people to tell you like, no, that's not like that's not gonna work, and here's why. The comparison I was gonna make, um, as it was a very important fandom to me, was uh, Doctor Who mm-hmm. with Stephen Moffat during the Russell T. Dar- uh, Davis era. Um, Stephen Moffat was responsible for some of the most uh, for writing some of the most beloved episodes mm-hmm. of that era, um, and he did some of the most 
like seriously, like almost everybody's favorite episode from that era was probably written by Stephen Moffat. He did probably a dozen in that era, mm-hmm. and every single one of them was fantastic. Right. Um, he had a very, very good record, and it seemed only right to put him as the new, like, like, uh, like the person show, heading the show. The show. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for the first few seasons, it was great. But I think that. When does he begin his run? With, oh, with Matt Smith. With Matt Smith. Oh, okay. That's and why I love Matt Smith, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> did, my he, favorite. did he continue through Peter Capaldi? He continued through, like... I think for maybe one or two seasons. I'm not entirely yeah. sure. But I think that, um... I think that he almost... He didn't overstay his welcome. I yeah. just think that he over... He uh, overexpended himself. Because yeah. I think that I found out that I like Stephen Moffat as a more... Because I think that he's built as, like, a writer to spend more time on focused stories when he has a good idea and really pushing it. But I feel like when he's responsible for overseeing an entire series, mm-hmm. he doesn't perform as well. Right. And I think that George Lucas is the same way. I think that George Lucas is a brilliant mind, but he needs more focused attention and not being so focused on like the entire production. You right. know, he shouldn't have a hand in so many things because he can't do all those things great. And what he's best at isn't the entire production, it's the very specific parts of what makes Star Wars. I think it's his his strengths are uh, overall story, like story arc. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, design. Like he know he has a very specific vision for what Star Wars should look like. Um, and I think that really carries out like say what you will about the prequels, they have a very interesting and like consistent visual yep. de- design mm-hmm. and i think that carries through even if the rest of it's kind of you know, still involved at all uh i I, uh, I heard somewhere that he uh has been consulting with jj i was about to say it's like i feel like he's like basically a consultant on these movies because i don't think that he i don't has, i don't think he was asked uh, well because mm, i don't think he has I, any I official speak he, out of turn. he was at least on set for the mandalorian though he wasn't okay. there because I know that he doesn't have any official credit with the new Star Wars no. movies, but I do know that Disney has been at least respectful to what he has done and occasionally tries to involve him with, not decisions, mm-hmm. but just kind of like, hey, what do you think about like what we sit out here? And they they have no obligation to listen to him, sure. but they at least respect his opinions and kind of will like, we'll think about that. Yeah. You know, like, and I think that that's as much, he's like, I think that, He's got valuable input, is what he has. Mm-hmm. I don't think that yeah, he's definitely official. He's not officially on set or like on like any like official creative uh, dictation of the series. Right. But I think that he is still um, respected with the new Star Wars movies, and he is not like he's not being shoved mm-hmm. in a corner. You know, just they're just like. You did your thing, we're doing our thing, but we still want to see what you have to say because we're interested. You know, we want to see how this compares and what you and maybe there's still the good ideas that you have. Yeah. You know? I think it's it's kind of interesting that um, this is just occurring to me that George Lucas kinda of has the same trajectory as Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> where, where he's, <laughs> off, he's this scrappy little nobody. He like he he's born to to, you know, do this thing, he becomes so powerful. Uh, but then, at least in you know the Phantom's perception, he falls to the dark side. He goes too far. Uh, he's kind of ru- like ruining Star Wars for people. Uh, but then he has this redemptive arc of like, but he passing on the torch. Passing on the torch, exactly. Yeah. Um, so That's so, so funny. He so became his own character. Right. <laughs> you either die here or you live long enough to see yourself go. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it, I think it is interesting, uh, perception-wise at least, how people treat George Lucas because. 
the narrative I feel like has completely changed mm-hmm. because it used to be George Lucas did something amazing and we can talk about how episode one was saved in the edit uh, if we well we probably don't have time but um Fixed it in post. You know, uh, <laughs> everybody, everybody go look up uh, if you're you're listening or watching. Everybody go look up um, some sort of explanation about how New Hope could have turned out differently uh, if it wasn't edited by I think it's his ex-wife at this point. Yeah, wife, yeah. Um, that's a whole. Thing. That's a really great story. Um, but uh, I forget where I was going with this. Um, but the the, the narrative has kind of changed where you know he started off and everybody loved him and then he did the prequel trilogy and everybody hated him for like a decade yeah. you know uh, and then like now that we've gotten a few Star Wars movies people are like you know George actually has like something v- like they kind of see the value in it uh, and they almost they kind of like it's like a rose tinted glasses yeah. like a oh nostalgia like he actually did something good and we'd really like you know him to, to influence the series again um, so that's that's really fast. Like it's similar, <laughs> mean, yeah. similar to how the prequels have have redeemed themselves in a in, yeah. a, in some people's. Uh, and I have no doubt that Last Jedi will unanimously be loved in the future. Mm-hmm. It may take 10, 20 years. Well, I think, I think there pe- will be a time. I think once people don't have any ex- expectations about it anymore, I think that's a large part in what made the Last once Jedi. Once they have low expectations well, for movies, you're able to enjoy well, them a lot. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying, is that that's what Last Jedi fixed, mm-hmm. is that it took, the, it took the unfortunate path that it had to do in order to readjust people's expectations. I, you know? Yeah, I, I don't... I don't. I still don't think the Last Jedi is justified in the decisions that it makes. But I have peace with them, and I like the movie. I, so it's like my. I like the Last Jedi now, but I. But me liking it is different than saying that the decisions it made were okay to make. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I don't think it's justified in what it did. Well, like, but I've another comparison. Another comparison is that um, I think that many people really did not enjoy um, Avengers uh, Age of Ultron because mm-hmm. the Avengers movie when it, when the original Avengers came it's so important uh, though it was I don't, like a big freaking deal yeah. because it was important it's but important. also the hype was people, real and they delivered on yeah. it yeah not only that but like I don't want to cut you short but like it, it's like it Comparatively to the rest of the movies, it's not a great movie, but the events of the movie are so important to the yeah. universe. Oh yeah, for sure. The and I think that Accords. it's. I think that that was important because, like, you know, we we saw the Avengers, and mm-hmm. they in the like phase two of Marvel, we had some outstanding standalone films. So we had even higher expectations for the second Avengers movie. Like, there's no way this can be bad. We we showed no caution going into it. We watched it, and even though it wasn't horrible, it was underwhelming to say the least. And a lot of it didn't have this type of visceral reaction from the Star Wars fandom. And I think that this is kind of a very unique case. Yeah, to, to put that in there, perspective. An, I think the only fandom that you could even really compare to Star Wars is Harry Potter. Yeah, like in terms of size. Size, but uh, they've never had that same kind of like outbreak. You right. Know? I think they would though. Um, J.K. Rowling has just never changed anything. No. If she did, I think you'd get the same reaction that Star Wars fans have had. Uh, so I can yeah. see that. Uh, I She's think our own prequels right now. So. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think. Like oh my word! These are her prequels. They're my word. They are. But, but that sucks. the thing is, she's a writer, and her books were adapted to movies. She's that's not, true. She wasn't a, a movie yeah. maker, mm-hmm. and, and starting out over from yeah. But basically, what I was saying so because now we look at how 
Age of Ultron changed, it lowered our expectations. It drastically changed how the producers and people behind Marvel went about making Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't have Avengers like Age of Ultron being an underwhelming movie, I don't think we would have gotten the absolute masterpiece that was Infinity War. From it? Yeah. Okay. And I think yeah. that we're going to see the same treatment to Star Wars, and I think that the best Star Wars movie has yet to come. Also, I, also, I think it was easier for people to get over Age of Ultron because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is moving faster than Star Wars and is. I, and I get that. So what like, I'm just saying is that this is something that we've... And because it's faster, we've already seen the fruits of that yeah. movie. So I'm using that as a comparison where I think that the Last Jedi uh, is a learning experience, and I think that we're going to see some very benefic beneficial things come from it only because of the way that Last Jedi was made and received. And mm -hmm. I think those two things are very important. I think that's important that it was controversial, and I think that it's important that the fans are being very critical about mm -hmm. the fandom as a whole and not just loving every single piece that it's put out. Yeah. Um, We've done that before, though. We have, but like this is, this is a different situation because we're looking at like a rebooting of this entire... Not rebooting, but like... Because before then, that was just kind of like George continuing his vision and kind of completing it. This mm -hmm. is something like, oh, we're we're, like, in, we're in uncharted territory. Exactly. Now. Yeah. yeah. So like, if we when we're looking at franchises like Marvel with like hugely successful things, I mean, it's still under the Disney umbrella, you know, and trying to replicate that, I think that this is a very necessary step, as we've already seen in my mm -hmm. example of Avengers of how they've used that to ultimately make a significantly better franchise as a whole. And I think that that's the the end result of Star Wars in the future. Yeah. And I think one benefit from the the, the, the aftermath of The Last Jedi uh, carrying over into the performance of Solo, um, I do... There was a lot of concern early on that they were, they were doing too much too quickly um, and there, there was going to be burnout and people weren't going to be as excited about Star Wars if you just have a movie every year. Mm -hmm. um, which hasn't happened to Marvel yet, I don't think, at least not for people who are really invested in the universe. Yeah. Um, but I do think that as much as we're disappointed in not getting an Obi-Wan standalone film, I do think that putting kind of a, like a, a pause on the yearly releases was a good decision from... Mm -hmm. From yeah. Disney, as, yeah, as much it, as that sucks, I think, I think that will, we'll eventually get that movie. And I think it will really help the hype for Episode Nine because it's still shrouded in so much mystery. Like yeah. the Star Wars world has gone, like has gone dark since Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, as fan we, films, we, yeah, we don't even have a title for Episode Nine yet. Yeah, so, no, we don't. That's crazy. It comes, out, and it comes out this. Yeah, we didn't have this, this year. This yeah, December. Yeah, well, we didn't have a title for Episode. Uh, Episode eight for oh, the longest I was time. Say, although I don't want it to go too long without giving us a title well, because then it gives me the Han Solo feel. Of like, oh, just this stuck us, up on me. Well, just no, give us May the I'm Fourth. Thinking. That's what I'm I saying. I think that Disney's purposely holding off until after Avengers is done because mm -hmm. they know. I mean, it's their same market. They know that people are extremely invested in Avengers right now, and they want that to be over. Give it a week or two to cool down from that massive hype because mm -hmm. you're looking at a very, very. So you think maybe point. in May they start talking about Star Wars? Absolutely. I think that's that the makes sense. Time. May the fourth be with you. What if we get our first trailer on May fourth? I'd yeah. be pretty happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the way uh, to do it. Mm -hmm. 
I think uh, one of the things that you can say about um, the performance of Solo is that it came out too close to Endgame or Infinity 100%. War. Hundred uh, percent. It was. I think it was like a month before, or like two mm -hmm. weeks before, or something like that. Um, and also, I think it that came out a month afterwards. Month afterwards. And also oh, competing okay, so with its probably what and it also was. competing yeah. with its own movie. It was yeah. only a few months just past. Yeah, five, five months after Last Jedi. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's too close. Yeah, it's too close. Once every Christmas, you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, going back to you know how the the fandom is divided, I think this is going to be our, our last question. Mm. Um, what do you think we can do to bring balance to the force? <laughs> the um, uh, what are our responsibilities as fans of the franchise? I want to say that more almost feeling <laughs> decisions that are made. Yes. Uh, yes. I think that almost being inspired by like the memories that you guys are bringing back, even though I wasn't as big of a part of them. I think that the community needs to do a better job of not complaining so much about what is being put out there and contributing more to the fandom itself. Mm -hmm. Be, like like you said, you know, like you feel like you're missing that connection that the old one. I think that the re, that the that's not something that Disney is responsible for. I think that's something that the fans are responsible for. Mm -hmm. I think in um, Star Wars absence the that kind of excitement of doing things like that for Star Wars kind of died down a little bit because yeah. you guys stopped doing that not because of the new movies came out just because like a lot of time had passed and you kind of moved on to other things like Lord of the Rings you know yeah that, and you know so I growing six, up <laughs> you're like 17 it's a little too old yeah. to be so running like, around like a cape with seeing a the fan movies is a great <laughs> seeing those fan movies is a great step in the right direction oh, I think definitely. the fans need to do a better job of contributing to the fandom as a whole more if they want to recapture the original stuff that they loved about that and I think that's on the fans and not mm -hmm. Disney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say that like the fan like the fan films are something that's really rejuvenating people's appreciation for Star Wars because it's made by fans for fans. It's not being monetized. They aren't getting anything out of it. Uh, Star Wars Theory, who made, created the Vader fan film, he literally just said, "I made this for fans." And if it gets taken down by Lucasfilm. Or if like I can't make episode two, that's okay because I d still did something for the people who I had, who I care about, mm -hmm. and he's doing it because he's such a big fan of Star Wars, and he feels like there's a story that I want to tell, very specific about a character who there's a time span that hasn't really been addressed that much, especially in the um, the clean slate after yeah. they've uh, pretty much uh, xed out mm -hmm. all of the expanded universe. Um, and if you get a chance, guys, uh, read G uh, James Lucino's. Uh, Dark Lord, Rise of Darth Vader. I haven't uh, read it, that one yet. It is no longer canon, but it is also a phenomenal uh, exploration of Darth Vader post-Episode 3. Yeah. So, continue. Please. Yeah, but I feel like this is one of the steps in the right direction to bringing fans back from being uh, so hating and like very angry about everything. Because yeah. I know a lot of YouTube channels who are just... Uh, just look at everything that Disney's doing, or the producers, or stuff like that, and they're just like, "Oh, you're doing, you're messing up again," or these people are messing up again. Ryan Johnson said this, and they're just—it feels like they're just going over the same thing over and over again. It's like, guys, just we love Star Wars. Let's bring Star Wars back. Like, if if Disney can't bring it back, we can still bring back what we love about it. You mm -hmm. know, it doesn't have to just be official stuff for us to appreciate Star Wars. Yeah, and I think uh, I don't. I wasn't uh, appreciative of this line in The Last Jedi when it was uttered because I felt like it was uh, it didn't work in the movie um, and it was delivered kind of strangely. But we're not going to win by hating the things that we love, or uh, yeah, by like killing by the things we ki love, killing the things we hate, but by saving the things we love. And I think uh, remembering you know what's special about Star Wars and 
um, like you said, trying to contribute. Who said that? Uh, Rose said uh, that. Rose said that. <laughs> when she right saves. after they tried to save okay. people, then they all died because of the oh, that's right. boom, yeah, boom yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, but yeah, so I think that um, so that was actually uh, we won't get into that. Um, but I think that's a, a good message to go out on, where we need to remember uh, and and put forward the positive uh, and enjoyable aspects of Star Wars, like the things that we resonate with mm-hmm. we need to focus on those things and kind of you know acknowledge uh you know flaws and like make sure that we communicate respectfully and and kindly about you know our feelings on on the direction that uh they're taking um but ultimately just to to focus on the good uh and and move forward in that way um, yeah. do you have anything else to add that's good Right. Well, kind of. I kind of want to ask another question, though. Sure. Yeah, Where do we think Star Wars is going from here? I guess this would basically be like, what do you think Episode Nine is going to be? If that's, if you can even conceive of that. I think that I, I think I have no reason to believe. I'm trying because I I've been very much benefiting from not overhyping movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no doubt in my mind that Episode Nine will be one of the better Star Wars movies we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like I said, I think that we're set up with Last Jedi uh, and the expectations. Um, I think that James, um, not James Cameron, um, J.J. Abrams Abrams has a very, uh, very clear focus of what he wants to do and how to, how to end this right. Um, Yeah, this is a trilogy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, I I have, I have absolute faith in him. So there'll be finality in this next movie. The Skywalker solo saga will come to an end here, I believe. I think that's what they've said. and And then I think ending this trilogy will be a very key point of moving on to newer and better things by, believe it or not, leaving the Skywalkers behind mm-hmm. and maybe focusing on some other Jedis or not even Jedis, just other parts of Star Wars because as we yeah. mentioned from the beginning, Star Wars is just so huge, involves so many like different types of characters and we've like glorified these Jedi characters specifically. Do you, do you think these new three movies are like the launching pad for the new Star Wars universe that Disney's creating? It's kind of like we st- are still going to be we getting have, Star Wars movies. We want to start yeah. with something familiar so mm-hmm. that we could pe- get people invested again to get people hyped. And they kind of hit a stumbling block on the way, but I think that, that's, like I said, in the end, it's only going to benefit them mm-hmm. yeah. um, for, as well, a learning experience. What if they're launching a, a Star Wars cinematic universe I would have like, no like, the, like the Marvel one no, where they're releasing that movies that are interacting with each other? I don't know if you can do ca- movies like that without characters, characters as iconic as the comic book characters. Yeah, because they already have the Avengers comic books. Well, what it, like that, that's what I'm saying, though, is what if they're using these movies to make those established right. characters? Like, what well, if we get more movies about... I would it just won't be not. as impactful, though, as yeah. Avengers well, would be. No. That being said, I will say that... Um, we could be into like new territory as Disney has taken even though like for instance Guardians of the Galaxy even Mm -hmm. the people who knew about Guardians of the Galaxy being the few that they were were not excited about it because there wasn't much to pull from there you know and they still made and when we're talking about Marvel movies that's like I think I said that was my like second favorite Mm -hmm. Marvel movie that they made like Mm -hmm. I think that's like one of the cleanest um, like most perfect Marvel movies they've ever made um, and I think that even though it doesn't exist yet because of what Marvel has set I think that um, given the right direction there's no reason why Disney can't replicate what Marvel does with completely unknown characters mm-hmm. I think that you usually have to be very uh, um, very direct in how you pitch 
these movies and I think that's because how big Star Wars is, that's all you need. Yeah. You know? and, and there's room in the universe for everyone to play. I think mm-hmm. that's that's a, an important takeaway. I think themes um, is gonna be important too. Like yeah. you need to like you need to sell not just the character but the theme. Yeah. So you're going into this like like having a movie like we kinda saw, but I feel like it wasn't pushed enough. Like this Star Wars movie about Han Solo is gonna be like a high style movie. Like, we need to have more thematic Star Wars movies that take Star Wars in new, different directions. And And, and uh, Rogue One was like a war movie. Exactly. Um, They need to sell the themes more, because if they can't sell you on the characters yet, they need to sell you on the theme that I want to see Star Wars taken in this direction. And that's what gets people excited, mm -hmm. knowing that the the, the love for the character will come with Star Wars romance. (laughs) I mean... I'm not mad Star Wars comedy. It. Technically, it, episode it, two was a love story. Think about how awesome. It's also my a, least favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> think about how awesome a legitimate like Star Wars comedy could be, like done right. I think that like. But didn't they? Weren't they thinking about that already with two characters? I thought. Like, come I on, remember now. How, who would love? Wasn't a comedy? Who would? <laughs> who wouldn't love like a fun adventure with just R two D two and C three PO? That's the entire like, saga. I think I would. I don't think they would find that lacking. I don't know that there's I'm enough. Pretty there. sure that was a cartoon Maybe, called Droids. I don't think their characters enough on their own. Yeah, um, but I would like to see like, you know, a buddy cop movie. Yeah, that uh, is, yeah. Or you know, who would another be? western. Chewbacca. Uh, He'd probably be a buddy cop. Have a horror movie. A horror movie, yeah. Ooh, they, they have. Uh, they did a stuff. horror. They did a horror what was it? book. Zombie stormtroopers or something, something? like that. Yeah, I think uh, so. Death troopers, I think mm. it was called. Yeah, like I didn't read it. I um, just saw the cover. I'm like, huh. Oh, are funny. you guys of the mind that Kylo Ren is eventually redeemed, or does he? Is this like dark all the way through until his? Don't know. Just gonna wait and see. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it, I think I like the fact that it can go in many directions right now. Yeah. You know, because I thought that we, I thought I was predicting it up till the end of Last Jedi, and then they're just like they made it basically open ended again. It's like, well, you can go yeah. anyway now, and yeah. I'm okay I, with that. I kind of hope he's not redeemed, <laughs> just because it would be different. Like it would, it yeah. would like, what if they did end on like a like a darker sour note, a, a sour note, but then there was something else that was happy about like, it, bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm so it's, glad we finally did this. I want to talk about Star Wars in depth. A really good time. Uh, William, do you want to do the uh, sure the spiel? Closing? So, as always, thanks for joining us. We got um, your favorite episodes of Inconceivable, not only on audio but on YouTube to watch. Um, so feel free to check out that channel uh, on YouTube at Geekkind. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you don't have to have YouTube just to watch the podcast. You can take it on the go with you on anywhere you find music or podcast, like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever you find your podcast stuff. And um, we are everywhere. We are everywhere. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, be sure to check out our website at geekkind.tv where you can always find the latest content that we are putting out and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for any updates um, and other stuff that we got going on. So thanks for joining us. Stay kind, geeks.
If you're addicted to love, get ready to binge your heart out. Stream exclusive originals plus the entire 90-day universe for just $4.99. Discovery Plus is the streaming home of relationships, plus so much more. Start your free trial. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.